Welcome to The Bridge, fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason. I'm from sunny California, living in beautiful Beijing. Today with me is Alex. Hello, everybody. This is Alex Chu. I am proudly representing the Northeast part of China, as always. And I have my morning coffee with me, so I'm ready to start the show. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. You know what? We should talk about monikers. What is the name of the city you're from? I am from Changchun. Changchun. The capital city of Jilin province, which means oh. long spring. <laughs> Even long though it's spring. so cold there, it's called the long spring. So we got to figure out how, how to say that. City of the long spring. See, there you go. Spring. Yeah. Oh, city. I love yeah, that. See. I love that. Da-da, da-da, thank okay. You, thank you for the brilliant <laughs> idea. <laughs> so Alan Greenspan, former Fed chair, was just quoted as saying that a, quote, U.S. recession is likely in quote, which, you know, a lot of us have been hearing, does two years Mm -hmm. of white hot inflation coupled with student loans coming due in June and high interest rates mean people need to be more vigilant in protecting themselves and their families this year. What do you think, Alex? You know, we've been reading reports and a lot of different expert opinions because my boyfriend's American, Mm -hmm. as as we know, and so he's paying extra attention to that. And it seems like a lot of organizations are saying or at least predicting that a recession is very likely to happen. But Mm -hmm. there's still a lot of people that are denying, saying that American government Mm -hmm. has Mm -hmm. it under control. Mm -hmm. But we've been talking about previously covered topics like inflation. Mm-hmm. and the overall economic situation in the, in the United States. I think, personally, we're already there. Mm. We're just not really trying to talk about well, it. Well, actually, you, what you say, it's really interesting because there used to be a barometer, a metric, for determining if there was a recession. And apparently, mm-hmm. two uh, consecutive quarters of contracting growth used to be the definition until that happened mm-hmm. last year. And then it was yeah. no longer the definition. And I don't, I'm not an economist. I want everyone, to, <laughs> we are not professionals. We are not telling you how to invest your money. However, it seems like the economy isn't super wonderful. That's what the impression is. I call my brother. I call my other brother. I call my other brother. (laughs) I have three brothers in America. And all of Uh them feel like their money is not going as far as it was and that things are not as, you know, delightful as they once were. So it does seem like the word on the street is the economy is not super good. But I mean, two more potential like uh, contracting quarters in 2023 or 2023 and 24, that could mm-hmm. mean it gets worse, which means that people's money will become potentially worth less, if especially if inflation continues. You know, I work in the big tech sector, sort of. I'm not like an, an IT person, but I do work in the big tech sector. And within the big tech sector in the US, in the United States, with, you know, longstanding giants of big tech companies, they're all having really drastic um, changes, you know, in terms of layoffs and restructuring. And those are the percentage goes to like, you know, of course, we're not talking about just Twitter changing its owner. It's it's other big tech companies as well, laying a lot of people off. Like some of the companies are laying off almost 10 percent of its employee. Wow. And yeah, you know, in, in current day and age, it's almost like, oh, if the big tech is doing OK, then we might be OK. But if the big tech is like, OK, we're going to cut off 20 percent of our employees right. and we're going to shave off the business that are not making the most money. 
That's almost a sign. Yeah, you know, it's it's like a big tech is kind of like a factory worker in a way because those jobs, they have an effect on their surrounding economy. So if there's a, someone, they mm. have a great job as an IT person. It's the same as having a great factory job. They go out, they spend money. they So local bars, restaurants, you know, housing, yeah. all that stuff goes up as a consequence of the that job's effect on the wider economy. So when people lose their job at a factory, it wipes out towns. So now that we're losing, you know, thousands and thousands, if not tens of thousands, of tech jobs in the United States, that's going to have a, you know, a lasting effect on the surrounding economy. Now, you know, you're yeah. like you said, economists never agree. So we have economists who are saying <laughs> everything's rainbows and butterflies. And we have economists saying, oh, no, you know, time to batten down the hatches. Either way, it's always a yeah. good idea to begin insulating yourselves and protecting yourself and getting ready for oh, a potential storm. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't know if you use this app. Um, and if you don't, you should. It's pretty mm. fun. It's called Blind. It's one of those apps. There are a couple of them on the market. Um, these apps ask you to register your company information. Huh? I said I can't. Go on. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. I can't. <laughs> I need that. I, I am so... That's... Oh, Jason. That was... <laughs> If you, oh God, we need to establish a style called Jason's style of humor. Ha ha ha. Corny dad jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it's called blind. So I sorry, what, really what do hard. we use blind for? How does this help <laughs> us? I'm sorry. Blind is one of those other apps, you know, where employees of companies can go on. You register your information with the company you work for. Of course, they're not mm. going to show your name. They don't even ask you to uh -huh. put your actual name in it's there. It's like Glassdoor but, with no names. <laughs> yeah, except for it's more like, how do we call it? Employee information. So like people who work for, especially, especially these big companies where you don't know what's happening in the other departments mm -hmm. or in the mm -hmm. other offices in other uh, areas of the world. Mm. People post about what's going on wow. with their branch. Yeah, so it's like a, a company gossip app it's like without a, revealing your information. May I use the word snitch? So this is like a, a <laughs> way to make... So this is not personal information like water cooler stuff. Susan's dating Jeff, did you hear? This is like about like the company and it, what it's doing. Yeah. Is that, isn't that illegal? That. It's like inside information I, corporate so espionage people, maybe it's not to that level but there are information there is information in there such as your totally year package oh, your total year package salary uh your, your your severance and your job ranks that are usually not allowed hmm. to be talked about mm -hmm. in the company yeah, yeah, that yeah. are discussed Could on that an, app NDA. and then yeah and i have oh my god i have so much fun just just going on that <laughs> and see what's what's happening in my company wow. and it shows your company and it shows other companies so there's like a public section and then there's like your company section. And so recently, I have to say, like in the past couple of months, it's just it's just very gloomy. <laughs> there are a lot of people. There are a lot of so people this like, is a really still... great way to depress yourself unless you are the like key highest earning person in your sector. Yeah, it's like, oh, if I see more people being sacked from my company, maybe I'm going to work a little bit harder to keep my job, you know. Or you could have the and other this... thing. Why am I so underpaid? I'm paid 10% less than my colleague. She's an idiot. <laughs> I have given up on that thought because I saw some like yearly package on that app and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to ignore that so I can still go to work. Otherwise, I'll be like... <laughs> 
This is totally well, not right. It could also help quit you today. understand how to make more money. You know, you could be like, That's wow, true. I'm worth 10% more. Uh, so maybe I should be asking for 10% more. I mean, I could see the advantages of this. I would personally not use this because I'm one of those people that's terrified of breaking the law. And I would be so scared that like some some legal action were to come out of. But I would have no problem using it as a reader, you know, not yeah. necessarily putting information up there, but reaping the rewards of other people's uh, putting their information up there. Yeah, but it's a good source of people's confidence on the market. It's very on interesting. The job market. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. Have you learned something about the economy from using this app? Are you suggesting that Americans go out and find out what's going on inside of their company? It's just a lot of like layoffs that are happening kind of mm. on the quieter mm. side, even for the company I'm working with. You know, they never announced that the per percentage of layoff. Mm. But if you go on that app and then people are saying that, you know, my entire team just got restructured yeah. or, you know, my the middle management is all gone. And we are facing some uncertainties as, as well this year, more so than the previous years. Mm. And you kind of just know that, oh, okay, so maybe my company's not in as good of a standing as I thought it was. Wow. I mean, Twitter is just more on the <laughs> the higher profile. Yeah, They're exactly. louder about everything. Everything that's going on on Twitter is very loud. You're right. And you know, yeah, we and did... controversial is is the, is the, like an understatement mm -hmm. of what's going. Well, it's on not just Twitter. Twitter so. It's IG and Facebook because they lost an enormous yes. amount of market value and tech stocks in the U.S didn't fare so well yeah that's always scary yeah you're listening to the bridge Well, I'm, I have a second article here written on January 4th by Alex Tenza, <laughs> not you. <laughs> on, not the same Alex. Yeah, not the same Alex. And this name of the article is NY Fed warns of debt crunch coming if Biden's student loan plan fails. So that's really interesting because either way, whether he's able to successfully erase 10 or $20,000 of student uh -huh. debt for some Americans mm -hmm. or not, the student loans will likely be turned on at the end of June or like a month after that. So we're going to see people who are already surviving on their credit card suddenly have to start making student loans. What's interesting mm -hmm. about that is at the same time we have uh, inflation is around eight or nine percent and has been for a, more than a year and interest mm. rates are going up. So what you're going to see is no access to credit, uh, credit getting squeezed, people having yeah. to pay more and then suddenly losing a huge portion of their income, you know, five or 10 or 20 percent, depending on how their payments are restructured to student loans. Mm. We may see like a dramatic dive in consumption in the United States because these student loans affect about 45 million people. So I'm not yeah. an economist, but and, and, you know, I don't understand like, you know, the math that goes into doing all these modeling and stuff. But that stuff does not sound good. <laughs> I'm just glad I don't have to do the calculation with all of these situations going on. One thing I think it's a, a good reflection of where the market is, is housing price. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Not so much purchasing, but renting, you know, mm -hmm. rental houses, how much do they cost? Um, I have friends who are constantly asking me to move back to the United States so we can hang out again, you know, so they're... I do that um, to my friends of... to come to China. <laughs> come back to China! Well, go on, go on, sorry. I know, but, you know, those are the friends that are like, they will really go out of their way and they say, hey, you know what, I have already looked at rental listings for you. Oh, wow. Yeah, so they're very eager, and so they sent me um, uh, links to, to, to rent it to apartments. And I saw the price. I was like, this is this is pretty insane. So I was mm. like, what's the average? Um, and this was Boston. You know, mm. Boston is, is relatively town. more more stable, right? And it's 
a lot of students, a lot of campuses. Very educated folks. Right? So it's not as, it's not, it almost, it feels like it shouldn't be as affected that much by market fluctuations. But you looked at the housing price, like the same rental unit I had back in 2013 and 14, um, what I was paying like Mm $1,200 for per month. Mm -hmm. Now I would need to pay like $1,900 or even more. Mm -hmm. So like it's nearly doubled in in a decade. Mm -hmm. But the the average, um, the median income didn't in in mm. in 10 years so i'm just like if you're really a student that just graduated from college mm-hmm. living in boston like what are you going to do rental wise and the the unit i'm talking about it's a studio it's it's not yeah. it's not going to host two people you're not going to be able to have roommates you can only the only thing is to have a boyfriend or girlfriend you move in together immediately after you graduate from college that might be possible but that's not like decently living space so and then i went on and looked at um rental prices in new york and in la and san francisco and it just especially after i did the conversion rate to chinese money Mm -hmm. thinking you know comparing with where i live right now in beijing i'm just like i really don't know what kind of job that would give me that kind of salary Mm. for me to be able to live in a decent apartment yeah in those bigger cities i think it's also i mean you're right and that's a great uh metric but i think it's if you can barely afford rent right then you have to look at the fact that okay i use a lot of social media and i see people posting pictures of like the chicken that's at at the store in america and Uh wow there was a salad i saw this morning (laughs) for 41 dollars at like in a plastic container in a you know what in a gas station i'm not joking is there that's obviously an exceptional i don't think is there gold in that salad i don't think it's a normal salad there must be something special about it but the point is that things are more expensive and that you know even if rent is more expensive and that was just one thing that would be that would be an issue but the issue is that everything's more expensive uh Mm. so going to the grocery store may be costing you 300 dollars for your weekly groceries instead of 200 dollars. that's a huge difference that matters so Absolutely. If you if you're paying more in everything, you're paying more for energy, you're paying more for housing, you're paying more for food at the grocery store, you stop eating out, you're saving all of your money. The question is, what can you do to further strengthen yourself? And I think it's this is a big problem. It's another problem is if something ha- this is not like, oh, you know, for people who may dislike the United States, not me, they may be like, ha ha ha, you have it coming. But that's <laughs> not a good idea. If the U.S. economy is a negatively affected by a massive recession, it ha- hurts everyone everywhere, all over the world. We're all going we're to be all affected. connected. Yeah, nowadays. we're all connected. The global economy is connected. If U.S. consumers stop buying things, that hurts Europe, that hurts China, that hurts. And the add on effect is it's going to hurt everybody. So we all Definitely. need to be figuring figuring out, you know, how to try to improve the global economy. It's not a good thing when one country is negatively affected by inflation. It affects everyone everywhere. And so serious about things like global starvation, you know, hunger. We need to be yeah. making sure that the U.S. economy is sound. It's not a good thing to wish bad things to happen to one or another country. So yeah. this is a real concern. So my concern isn't just global hunger, but also Americans, you know, because mm. Americans can also starve, become homeless. Uh, there's 580 to 600,000 homeless people. If there's a massive recession, you're going to see maybe even more, maybe even more. Mm. Who knows? I'm not going to throw out just hypothetical numbers, but people get the idea. And that's not a good thing. Yeah. You know, I see signs from homeless people now that said, I used to be your neighbor. You know, when I'm looking at these pictures, it's it's heartbreaking. Uh, of course. Yeah. It's So we don't want, I mean, obviously, if someone has a very serious mental illness and a drug problem, there's little, it's, it's more difficult to help them. 
But, you know, yeah. it's, we don't want to add to this problem. You know, Joe and his family or Jane and her family all of a sudden are also out on the street. That might They may suddenly become people who ha- start to have a drug problem and add to an already difficult problem. You're listening to The Bridge. So I think for us, the concern is what can we do to insulate ourselves again? So I have some (laughs) tips, but before we get there, I have another uh, article. This comes Mm -hmm. from MoneyWise. It is January 3rd. Uh, A TikToker went viral for explaining why Americans making less than $25 an hour should be terrified. And then it says, Mm. here's how to prove him wrong. So the point is, (laughs) he got uh, like more than a million views for talking about how... you know, $25 is a lot. Some people are making, I think, minimum wages was $7.50 or something like that. It's really low. Yeah, like in New York, it was like $13.5 per hour yeah, or something Yeah, yeah. Like It varies that. because you have the federal and then the state minimum wages, and so it changes yeah. from state to state. But if, if he's saying you need to be worried about making $25 an hour, and you have millions and millions of people making less than, you know, 10 or $10 an hour or less, then we have a potential crisis coming up. Yeah. Hmm. So these are some of uh, yeah he got 1.4 million views. That's exactly how many got. That's on that's TikTok. that says that says something as well. You know, if if a topic like this mm-hmm. is really really popular, that means people are um, intentionally seeking out information to help themselves. Mm-hmm. So you know, cutting back on things is what he actually talks about making more money. So he's talking about we need to find ways to make more money. So uh, which I totally agree with. <laughs> you know, I was gonna say that Alex is the perfect person for this because Alex can't sit still anyway. So Alex, just like, <laughs> wait, could you tell us all of the, th- you, you're a comedian. Uh-huh. I would say like, I just had a show. you're pretty much a professional. A she just says she's not a professional. Not a professional. She does what, like a show or two a week on average? Come on. No, it's not that much. It's like two shows per month, okay. maybe that's on still, average. That's still a lot. And so, okay, and you're a comedian. You work in text doing something that nebulous and never fully defined. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What else do you do, Alex? Well, I do this. Mm-hmm. And, that's right. Um, you do this. You do this show. I do this show and for here and there I get small gigs from, you know, because because I used to work in production, I used to work in film, I still get some random gigs coming to me. This is not a joke. This is a, an actual story. It just happened on Friday. Mm. And I was just thinking that, wow, this I, I try to turn it into a joke about the recession. Um I was approached with a localization job for a short film mm. that's going to be part of the this grand series. And I give them my quotes because it's it's from Chinese, lo- very local Beijing Chinese dialogue to English subtitles. Mm-hmm. So I quoted them with a localization prize, even though it's translated. You know, when we do localization, every word counts. Every word, uh, you need to pay for every word that mm-hmm. I look at as a localization expert. And I gave him the quote and the agent got back to me after a couple hours. She's like, I'm really sorry. They gave it to somebody else. Um, they said the quote is a little too high. Because you don't need to translate it. You just need to look at it. And so they gave it to an American person mm. who, who, who gave them a much lower price. Mm. I was like, hold on. I was outbid by an American person who who is willing to get paid much less than I do. Aww. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> Recession sorry about that, is Alex. pretty real in America. It's, I'm doing great there, by the way. 
<laughs> you took it. It was you, Jason. Is you? I get you. I get off because you know uh, there are a lot. I still would say the vast majority of foreigners living here in China uh, are English teachers in some way. I get a lot of opportunities to teach English for to people's kids. Will you teach my kid? Will you teach this kid? Former uh, uh-huh. colleagues, will you teach? I have a kid. Would you like to teach? Always the answer is no. By the way, <laughs> like oh really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could make extra money doing that. Honestly, I value my sanity. And I think that is all. Also an important thing for like <laughs> us to keep in mind, like sure, you, an, Amer- an American may be working 40 hours, 45 hours. And I think it's all, I mean, I think that in this economy, I'm not an advisor, financial advisor. It seems like a good idea to, to make up more money, but it also seems a little cruel to ask people to work six, yeah. 60 hours a week in order to survive. So I really think there's, another, a toll. Yeah, there's another angle. Yeah, definitely. It definitely, it definitely takes a toll on your mental health. It makes you feel like you're never stopping, you know? Yeah. Um, yesterday. Yesterday, some of the audience was that they were asking me how did how did my style become what it is today mm-hmm. i was like honestly i was like trying to find who i who i was on stage when i first started performing and then later on i got a full-time job mm-hmm. and i started coming to open mics after work where i'm really tired <laughs> and i just have i just have no energy on stage and that just naturally became my, my kind of persona <laughs> you know? I, i'm really tired, tired. alex <laughs> i'm just tired so like yes i'm doing a lot of these things but you know like even for dancing which is not a job i'm yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. a job i don't get paid for it i have to pay to go to dance classes and rehearsal like i have to run across beijing after i finish work sometimes i do it before i finish work so like after dance after rehearsal i go home and i continue to work and it's actually really exhausting as much as it, it kind of covers your your fomo like your fear of mm. missing out it's still i hear this word all really, the time i just <laughs> it, it's very it's very handy Jason. i don't, I don't think handy. i have this you know what? You actually do strike me as a person who doesn't have FOMO. Like you don't really, you have something that you focus on. And so you don't really care. Like if something's happening and I didn't get to see it, that would affect you that much. I mean, there are things I want to do and see, and they're like popular with other people, but it's because I yeah. want to see them. Not because I'm like worried that when someone brings it up, I'm not going to be able to reference it. Like yeah. I want to see the sequel to Dune because I want to see the, the sequel to Dune. I don't care if other people see it. <laughs> so you're a very, you have a, very strong uh self-acknowledgement like you know what you want the most mm. yeah 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 not, very self- not selfish on other people <laughs> <laughs> hey selfish is good you know but you know going back to what we we're talking about having multiple jobs mm, um mm. And, and people who are i know people who also do mm. like steady side hustles like my other jobs and stuff it's it's again it's more for my own passion it's my hobby like i don't want to just not do it mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, from from the bottom of my heart, these are the things that make me happier yeah. than my actual job. Even though I'm grateful to be able to live in a nicer apartment <laughs> because of <laughs> what my job pays, wow. but I want to do those things. But I can't imagine if I have to take on a second job just to pay the bills. Mm. I think that is going to be something completely different. I, also, like, I wouldn't be enjoying this. We don't have children, Alex. So I'm thinking about that. You know, I know the family with two kids or the single parent, whatever gender they may be, with a kid or two so okay you're working 40 hours now you have to work a second job for 10 or 20 hours more because the economy is such that it is now your kid at home you know little jill or whatever her name is 
she <laughs> is like, where's daddy or where's mommy or where's mommy and daddy? And like, she has to literally be at home after school alone because mommy and daddy can't survive without working an extra job. And so it's not just, are you really busy? Is that really taxing? But you can't necessarily yeah. meet your familial obligations anymore. Definitely. And then the, I don't know if this is factually true because I don't have kids in this in, in the States, but you know, I see in movies, the, the teachers at school, the principals at the school, the counselors, they'll never understand what's going on in the parents' life. And they're just like, you don't pay enough attention yeah, to your yeah, kids. Yeah. And you don't. And I was like, if I was a parent and I had to like do extra jobs to, to just send my kids to school. Mm-hmm. And then the teacher comes around and be like, you need to pay more attention. I would be very, very unpleased unfl- about that. <laughs> wow. Okay. Sorry to all the teachers listening. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. You know, I know they maybe they need to have job, some more you know. empathy. No, that's one of the things I always tell parents too. you know, to do her homework better. It, it You don't have to do it for her, but sit down <laughs> with her. And now that you're putting it in context, that seems cruel to some parents who are like, you know, the CEO of a company. And so like, they're suddenly like, ah, Ah, but I I have meetings. I can't be there all the time. It's a challenge. And so yeah. this is a difficult thing. So maybe not actually this article <clears throat> is about that. It's about maybe it's not about making more money. Maybe it's about mm. cutting back on things. You're listening to The Bridge. So this is another statistic from this article um, from MoneyWise. Current employment, this quote, current employment statistics for November 2022 uh, showed that real average hourly earnings fell 1.9% from November 2021. So like you said earlier, Alex, Mm. wages have increased a little bit, but also what has increased is the cost of living more than wages. So what that means is the value Mm. of money has decreased for the average person. We're just talking about the average person. If you go and you you know, we have a lot of earners who earn billions of dollars that skew the average, skew the median. Yeah. So when you're talking about uh, the people people making seven, eight, ten dollars an hour, yeah. you're talking about their money is going out the window as soon as they get it, basically. So cutting back on the set, this is the, these are what are recommended in the article: streaming services. Mm. So ditch your Netflix account or your <laughs> Google account or Disney. And Plus. Netflix is trying to raise their price. Mm. Oh my god. Mm. <laughs> Cable, I guess people still get cable <laughs> internet yeah. internet i guess you just go to starbucks and stand near the window <laughs> oh i don't know if that's cheaper though you know, <clears throat> like you have to oh you can stand outside the window of course it, but then that would be <laughs> it says cell phone but you can't exist in society without a cell phone i know not nowadays especially with everything that's incorporated into yes. like a code or switch to a very cheap account yeah i know but it's it's i do i do remember cell phone bills being like extremely high in the united yeah, states I, I remember i saw I was, the statistics it's like 10 to 1 the cost of a, uh, you're paying for your internet bill in america yeah it's like 10 times more than what it costs in china yeah i remember i was being on a family plan and i was paying um i was paying 33 dollars per month and i remember thinking what a deal <laughs> what a steal i've got on my phone bill because prior to that 
I was paying a hundred twenty dollars or something. Wow, it was ridiculous. Yeah, for for one month. Hmm. <laughs> you know what? Now I pay. I pay um with my with my internet package. I don't pay anything on my phone. <laughs> my wife got me a toy. It is a little uh, Huawei box. It's smaller than about half the size of a cell phone, and I put it in my oh, pocket. Oh, like the Wi-Fi hotspot. Exactly, it's Wi-Fi. Apparently, it's even cheaper, like ten to one again for the cost of regular internet for your cell phone. So she put me on a phone number that is just a phone number and then got me uh-huh. this thing to carry around with me and now our internet bills basically don't exist you know it's like spare wow. it's the spare change that you know i guess we don't have spare change anymore in china because we have <laughs> digital payment <laughs> but digital. you know what i mean it's like nothing to for our cost of, you know it's an amazing device too because i i can hook up my laptop and my phone simultaneously i don't have to hotspot anything it is just a portable hotspot we can go to like hiking in the mountains we have internet it's just amazing oh wow and it's it totally works for like video conference as well everything oh yeah yeah yeah. we i'm doing i'm running this episode with you remotely out of this thing right now i'm gonna look into this little box this magical little box so yeah but i mean i don't think i'm not sure if they have that kind of technology in the united states and if it will be cheap but you know there are ways to cut back it doesn't mention this right here but um Uh and i I hate to say this and it's i think people should need to think about this as a temporary maneuver for one or two years but living with relatives is not the worst idea in the world if you have relatives <laughs> with whom you get along if you have a loving mother or father uncle whatever grandmother mm. and they don't mind you living in the spare bedroom this might be you know you maybe it's not necessary right now but just you know call mom and make sure everything's okay because if there's a massive <laughs> downturn in the economy you don't want to be sleeping on the street because you had an argument with your cousin 10 years ago. Mom, do you feel lonely recently? <laughs> Would you I like could... some company? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> hey, that's a well, great way to save money. In. It's a great way to save money. I do I do think like for a lot of people, even though you know rent is is a lot more reasonable over here uh based on how much you know our the salary that people make. If I don't have to pay rent, I would still be super happy. Like I'll still have so much more money just doing things I want. So if you can save money on rent, that's always going to make your life a lot easier than you give it credit you know what i think that too and i think that would work on my family but the thing about americans are a lot of them and i read this in articles it's not my family but i know that there are american families out there that would actually Mm. mom would charge rent but i think you just get a way better deal so instead of paying two thousand or whatever you're now you're gonna pay mom mom's like three hundred dollars three or five hundred dollars or whatever to live in mom's house or pay for groceries or pay for utilities you know shipping in is you know part of the american like uh backbone the way the bootstrap mentality of the u.s is to pay your way to to add value i mean obviously if you are uh severely handicapped then you get a different kind of angle on things but for people who mm. are able to work then um the expectation for many americans is that they chip in that they do their part you're listening to the bridge So another critique of this gentleman, Halbert, says Uh you should the only solution was to kill yourself working, according to this gentleman. So (laughs) the person who wrote this article, uh, they said, suggest finding a roommate or sell the car that you can't afford. Or, and this is a strange (laughs) recommendation to me, and this is how the article ends, so I think maybe that was written for this purpose, but it says, Uh call around and shop for better insurance. So... 
I think it didn't suggest who to call, but it does mention (laughs) shopping around for insurance. I'm like, is this an insurance company like plant in money wise? But anyways, that is what they recommend. So maybe you're paying for housing insurance or your medical insurance. It is always a good idea to find a an affordable rate. Obviously, if you have health conditions or you worry that you might develop them, then getting cheaper medical insurance is not a good solution. So everyone has to make their own decisions based on their own situation from my from what i went through even the cheap option Mm -hmm. for uh, a medical insurance is like three thousand dollars and i'm i hope if i had got like a full-time employment in the united states that would be covered by my Mm -hmm. employer so i don't really know how much money you'll be able to save on insurance and if things were to happen Mm -hmm. do you really want to be do you want to not have insurance maybe you get insurance that doesn't cover your home so well and then there's a fire and you're like holy god why didn't i have better insurance so i'm not sure yeah for everyone that's the best solution another article and this is uh, kind of just to drive the point home that the recession is difficult or sorry the economy is not thriving as well as some people claim now and so if it were to take a, another direction it could get worse for a lot of people 71 percent of u.s workers say their pay isn't keeping up with white hot inflation oh now we know where jason got that term by vishesh <laughs> raising honey on october 14th 2022 mm. money wise again and in this it goes on to talk about people are not only expecting a potential recession or a knock-on to consumer price index, but it's already here. Yeah. Like you said at the very beginning, people are experiencing yeah. challenges now. So if we are at going to potentially see those challenges increase, and then people are going to be hurting a lot soon, which is not mm. good. We're talking about people's yeah. people. We're talking about people's cousins, moms, sisters, brothers. So even if one person isn't affected because they have a wonderful job working for the government, doing highway work or something, maybe their friend who's working in a private corporation or maybe in agriculture, there could be potentially really bad things yeah. coming on the horizon. I think the sad, sadder situation or what makes situations situation in the states a little sadder is that you know even though we if we would look at the great recession the great recession in 2008 mm-hmm. you know which actually started went on between 2007 and 2009 mm-hmm. yeah like it happened uh, what 14 years ago but mm-hmm. the 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 impacts mm-hmm. actually went on to affect america for a, a lot longer yeah and, um, you know, on, on this website called uh, Center on Budget and Policy Priorities, there's an article and then saying that the impact didn't really fully stop or didn't fully close until like 2015 to 2017. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really have, you know, people in the States, they didn't really have too many good years. They had like from 2017 to now, that's only five years mm-hmm. or six years. But, you know, we're talking about they're waiting for the index to hit mm-hmm. to call it mm-hmm. a recession. Yeah. But I'm you know we've we've been talking about inflation back like over over a year ago yeah and and people are already feeling that with gas price and uh, other living costs and so they didn't really i feel like american people didn't have a chance to really have a you know to take a full breath yeah from the from the previous uh recession well i think it's like everything there are a few people that managed to find themselves in better situations and most people found themselves in equally challenging or more challenging situations that seems to be like Mm. you know there are always people who thrive one thing i actually think is a good idea and i know this sounds counterintuitive because a lot Mm -hmm. of people have student loans already but if hey if 
if the economy might be down for two or three years, go get a master's degree. You know, you're going to maybe potentially if you have good grades and all that and, you know, you're, you're already yeah. in a deserving position economically, you're going to receive uh-huh. help from the government in the forms of loans or potentially grants and loans or grants. Grants probably if only if you've got straight A's. But, uh, you know, you're going to get <laughs> try harder. Yeah, apply for as many scholarships as you can. You know, I noticed when I was a student that scholarships were like two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, most scholarships. And so I didn't apply mm. for a lot of them, but every one I did apply for, I got. So, you know. Get a letter ready that is a standard letter you could send to almost anyone and apply for a hundred scholarships. If if you get, you know, half of those and you covers your tuition, covers your living cost, you know, go get a master's degree, spend some time, retool, get yourself ready for the economy. When it, when you're coming back into the market, maybe things will be better. And so this is a good chance for you because fewer people are going to be successful in a recession. So the mass amount of people, if they're getting ready for the rebound then when the economy finally starts to pick up again then they will be better positioned to take advantage of the new opportunities and uh i i hate to say this i studied history don't study philosophy or history (laughs) go get a useful degree (laughs) i mean mean, do that do that in undergrad so that it it, you know it builds a more complex and sophisticated view of the world but also make sure that you could apply it instead of like advising on a what a better what's a better major to have i really think that kids should have um access access to career advice mm. early on yeah. in their higher education i wish i had that when i first joined uh when i first went to boston university for yeah. a journalism degree and you would think that oh you're already studying journalism aren't you just going to be a journalist but still like what should you prepare because the program is only two years like what would what should you look at like is there any how should you use your uh, vacation time wow. or, or, or or free time i think if i had all of that information early on i would probably be able to get some better opportunities after I graduated. And I think it's even more important for undergraduate students in America. You know, I think there you should bring be. up an amazing point because this is I something. I always do. Yes, you do. You? You're, you know, studying journalism and being on this show, <laughs> they're tied together. But um, people in America are actually debating this, not just about undergraduates, but about, you know, middle school, high school. Mm. A lot of people are saying there are some subjects that you, you know, people consider important. I'm not going to say what they are because it is controversial, but they're saying, why aren't my kids not learning how to, you know, balance their finances? Why are my kids Mm. not learning about interest rates, about how to invest in CDs, how to buy cheap land, how to invest in gold, how to diversify their portfolio, how to save money? Why are more American children not learning life skills that are actually valuable in order to survive in the real world? You know, I I think it's great that people learn about the fall of rome and personally i think that's a really important <laughs> thing to learn i i want every child to learn about the fall of rome and i think that's it'll come in very handy at trivia <laughs> but i mean it's also important to understand what's going on in different economies in the world today but i think it's also Absolutely. maybe before we get to the fall of rome or maybe concurrently with that like we could talk about you know 
how to open an account that where or, yeah. or a yield account or a CD or what that means. What is a CD? What are the taxes on real estate? What are the effects of having tax on real estate for 10 years? If you have stocks that earn 6% ish in, you know, value back and you keep reinvesting that, what is the total value of that after 10 or 20 years? People, kids don't Absolutely. know. If you were to, if you were to go to a high school right now, a graduating class where they're throwing their caps off and interview a hundred kids, Almost none of them would be able to answer any of these questions. I'm going to go to college and I'm going to party every week. I'm going to join this fraternity and I'm going to travel. I'm going to take a gap year. I'm going to see. I'm not. That's a very bad reflection on, you know, it's a bad stereotype. But in all seriousness, I totally agree with what Jason was saying. And I don't think we're singling out American yeah, yeah, kids. Yeah. This is something. Let's ask about China, Alex. Yeah, from in, what I experienced. Sorry. Yes, that's exactly why I'm trying to make this comparison mm. because from what i observed in america when you go to st- when you go to college from from high school you kind of you're expected to immediately be in control of your financial situations mm. and the number of money that you have to sign and decide how to you know what to receive what to spend mm. It just seems so much higher. The number is so much bigger than what we were, you know, we were asked 10% to be responsible alcohol, for. 10% nice clothes. <laughs> yeah, like, do you, live on, do you live on campus? Do you want to rent an apartment off campus? And then if you do, do you want to get a job to pay for stuff? Like, your scholarship is only going to cover your tuition. And the living cost needs to come out of your own pocket because you're expected to be independent after you graduate. Mm. Whereas in China, we're kind of spoiled because tuition and living cost is so low for mm. for Chinese college students mm. and everything is almost all arranged it's all covered yeah. by the system mm. even for the bank account I remember when we got our so-called uh, bank account the bank card I rarely used it when I was in college but we got it from the school the school like opened it all for us mm. we didn't have to go to the bank to open it they just gave us the card that had our name on it and say hey here's your here's your bank account if there was any money that's going to come to you um it could go to this bank account like scholarships and stuff a couple hundred couple thousand quiet nothing major and things were really cheap when we were in college i remember we would go out for like a full-on meal and we're paying like 36 quai which is like five dollars and we're like oh my god that's such a big meal you know (laughs) and so we were not and then we all live on campus we basically don't have people who don't live on campus it's all dormitories that we live in and our dorms are on the more expensive end and it costs 1200 a year mm, mm. 1200 R&B, a year yeah. so that's like $200 a year well you know yeah mm, mm. so we didn't you know we had time in college to learn about those things when you're in when you're when you become like a junior you know when reality becomes a little more concrete in front of you you're like okay I want to see what kind of internship I could get and it's even internships is not about how much money I could make. It's like I want to gain more experience working mm. in the actual field. And I feel if kind I of want torn to make some internships, I feel like it's almost a form of slavery. I know. But now they get paid. Now they get paid pretty well. <laughs> the interns at my company right now, they get paid pretty well. I would say well, they you, don't get paid that much less. Well, I don't know about your company, but some companies give them like less than minimum wage because they're like, you're getting credits for school. But, you know, I wanted to talk. Can I tell you a story? I yes, was please. attending San Francisco State University for my undergraduate mm-hmm. uh, degree. And I heard two students talking who were clearly uh, like a financial level ahead of me in terms of how they understood the how economics work. 
work. And I was at uh-huh. the time kind of like, wow, it blew my mind listening to these guys. I don't remember where it was. I think it was in a classroom and it was before uh-huh. class started. And these two gentlemen were sitting there, young gentlemen, students, 19, 20 years old. And they were like, yeah, I don't need student loans, but I took the full amount. And I'm thinking in my head, mm. you're crazy. And then, I, then, then, <laughs> and then he, he blew my mind. He said, I took the money and invested it. And that way, because I'm getting 0% interest while I'm in school, I'll sell my investment when I graduate and make make oh, wow. money on the loans during the four years that they... I mean, some people, they're understanding... This is why in America, you have such a very high, really uh, rich group of people and then everyone else. It's in the middle class is dissipating because some people do understand eco- economics at a young age. And then the rest, rest yes. of people have no idea what's going on until it's too late. I mean, we're not like advocating against <clears throat> learning more knowledge without the thinking the, you know, the, the mm. utilization of knowledge. We're not advising against that. It, it's good to just be pure <laughs> in the pursuit of more knowledge and and value and legacy of her ancestors but just like jason said i had i had this friend in college uh the two people actually um they were attending the business school in my university and they towards like junior senior year two years they were just like you know what as long as i could pass you know i get good grades okay grades i'm okay other all the other time i'm not gonna try to be the top 10 of my class i'm just gonna aim for mm-hmm. you know the average as long as i'm learning what i need and i'm passing my grades and it doesn't affect too much they actually spend the last two years of their college and this is in beijing mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. so it's, it's kind of a universal mm-hmm. thing that you if you want to follow um they put so much attention so much focus on getting good internships getting good job opportunities really building up their resume because if you look at the job descriptions now nowadays for mm-hmm. opening mm-hmm. for openings in any companies it's like oh we want fresh graduates mm-hmm. but for this junior position for this entry-level position you need to have two years experience already and a lot of people are like how am i gonna have two years working mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. right out of college and this is how and people you're able to you would you will be able to not make things up but you know you'll be able to translate your other work experience when you're in college into something that is going to help you get the job so these two friends that i'm talking about they both got really good positions mm. within consulting firms and um uh what do you call those other firms the uh, auditing firms Mm-mm-mm. which do Del need Watt. a lot of experiences yeah so those are they amazing were... companies to work for if you can get <laughs> a position in delwa wow they're i don't know which i don't know which one that is there's like the four um, big ones delwa is one of the, the four, four big yeah the four bigs yeah so um they they did that in college and they had a much better judgment on what's a better use of my time in college and they used the first two years to lay foundation of their knowledge system and then later on they just figured out basically that what i needed to do is to put myself in society and i will be able to go further and they are and they they made it which i'm jealous of they made a lot more money at the same age than i did and that a much but a much higher ranking within the the system which means they could retire early mm-hmm. i have a few different things i want to talk about i can't talk about them all probably so i'm going to switch to one i think is really important i think this is going to mm-hmm. strike a lot of people as odd but given this show is the bridge and we're talking about people to people exchanges and getting to better understand each other's cultures i think a really yeah. good recommendation and i really think this is actually a good idea is moving to china for americans <laughs> no, I, i'm not i'm not serious. Yes. if you are a young woman or, or man and you or or you know 
however you define yourself and like you're uh you have the opportunity person. <laughs> young person come to china and get a job this may not be true but i have the gdp forecasts for 2023 from several economists and the u.s economy mm-hmm. is expected to grow for the entire year whether there's a recession or not by different uh, mm-hmm. amounts but china is going to defeat those so usa according to morgan stanley will increase by 0.5 percent 0.1 percent according to the economist negative one mm-hmm. percent according to schroeder plus 0.5 according to oecd <laughs> goldman sachs 1.6 very optimistic minus 0.5 by deutsche bank plus 1.1 by amf so these are you know this is like the u.s economy is basically staying roughly the same size if you take all of them together. yeah china same group of people morgan stanley plus four, p- 5.4 the economist plus 5.2 schroeder plus five percent uh oecd plus 4.6 percent and on and on so the basically china's economy is expected to grow by about eight times ish this might be i'm not saying that you're going to get rich by coming to china but if there's going to be an economic downturn this might be a really good opportunity to take a job abroad where the economy seems to be insulated a bit I can't say what's going to happen in the future, and maybe all of these economists are wrong. (laughs) But in the last two years, while there's been massive inflation in Europe and the United States and a lot of countries around the world, China has enjoyed 2 to 3% inflation, which is normal over that same time. And China has not had an economic downturn. China's economy grew larger than faster than the US last year and is expected to grow faster than the EU and the United States this year. So I'm not saying. You know, I can't guarantee anything. I can't see the future, but it does look like if you can get a good job mm-hmm. in China, probably as a school teacher, unless you're a specialist in some field like a lawyer or whatnot, mm. then come o- come over, take a year or two. And then as when the U.S. economy may be rebounding, you can go home and you can still have made a good amount of money, saved a good amount of money. I know a lot of people here who work in China who save a lot of money, send it back to their U.S. bank account yeah. when they have already or are going to move back to the U.S. in the future, their bank account's going to be money's ready for them. stacked. Yeah, it's not like you're abandoning the U.S. You're just taking an opportunity to see the world while the opportunity is available. Yeah, I mean, we're not here to really compare, you know, market systems, which is better or not. You know, it's not our expertise. But yeah, we have. I, I could not do that. Yeah, but I, I really think I was actually thinking about this earlier when I was talking when we were talking about people getting an, a master's mm. degree. Um, if you want to sort of just wait out the recession, mm-hmm. um, going to another country for a master's degree oh, yeah. that'll be a little that'll be a little pricey but if you know you get a master's degree that puts you in a different bracket it'll mm-hmm. make it even easier for you to go at least come to china and get a, a job and not just english teachers there are a lot of companies that are really looking for international talents mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. one good sign that i've observed recently is that you know the the comedy show we had last night we had a lot more new faces that mm-hmm. we've never mm-hmm. met mm-hmm. we've never seen in china you know foreigners that are I think recently returned or they just moved here. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the demand is still there. So oh, yeah. we are, we're in the process of like convincing my, my boyfriend's family, some of the younger ones to just have take Pop a year over. and come and come and explore, you know, get a job here and stay here. And, you know, we know people, our friends from the UK, um, it's the, the, this family, this couple that moved to China. They moved to China, they came to Harbin and got a, a teaching job. Mm-hmm. And then they saw how things are here. So they asked their younger brother to move to China as well. And then he came here, you know, he came here at a relatively younger age. And he came here when mm-hmm. he was like 28 mm-hmm. and he just turned 30. 
recently and he after teaching at this uh school he recently got a job at western academy of beijing which is one of the most prestigious yeah. international schools here and he's got a great teaching position and they were just sitting together and saying to themselves that you know moving to china is probably the best decision they've made in their in their life and the uh, couple that we know the same couple <laughs> they also had their son here you know and they were able to have in a, a vacation house in thailand because the money they're making because their housing is covered by their salary and, you know, living mm-hmm. costs is low and they both work at really good interna- international schools. So they were able to invest in a, a vacation house in Thailand. Yeah. Wow. You a vacation know, house. It is. They only use you're, it. You're making Americans cry. <laughs> they only, they only use it when they go on oh. vacation. So. Wow. That's crazy. You know, it's, it's a really a good opportunity. And then if you also like, are you, are people, foreigners allowed to buy land or apartments in Thailand? Uh, I didn't even know There's some that. legalities wow. involved in there that we're not going to discuss on the show. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not that uh, there are agents selling houses. Oh, I um, see. So you're like leasing it for the entirety of your life or something pretty much like, like 30 yeah. years so it's yeah. practically yours but yeah. you know i'm really saying like i'm just saying it's it, coming to china there's so many different cities in china as well and yeah, people yeah. ask me this question they're like oh is it cold in china i'm like that's not a valid question because it's cold in the north it's super hot in the south and then they're may i say i'm not just from an economic perspective like it's also a critical time for u.s china relations and coming over and seeing china for yourself even if you're like, okay, that's not for me after one year and you move, just move back to the United States. You can just States. leave. You get yeah. back to the United States, people are going to really be interested. Companies are going to be like that have business in China interested in you because you have that experience. Like it's a great opportunity to build bridges, to be a tiny little cultural ambassador between two of the most relevant nations on this planet absolutely and then plus if you do move to china you get to see my comedy <laughs> <laughs> yes come come to beijing and watch alex's show and remember to <laughs> cheer loudly and always laugh at the correct moment in the punchline yes yes jason remembers <laughs> apparently laughing at the incorrect time is confusing and stressful <laughs> and i'll tell you i'll tell you to stop <laughs> I, you know I, I just for those of you who are thinking moving over i want to just give one piece of advice to you that is very critical mm. when you go online and start looking for jobs don't go to one of these companies that says we have 50 schools all over China. Oh my this God. Is a de- this is a way to get here and be unhappy. What you need to do is find the specific school. Talk to, say, hey, can I have one or two of the uh, contacts for people who currently work for you? And then talk to them about what is your their experience working for that school and living in that city. Because sometimes you get here and they're like, oh, well, that's, we're not actually going to work at that kindergarten or whatever. Yeah. So it's really important that you know exactly where you're going to work and what the, some people even sign their contract so they can see it physically in person before they even come to China. Make sure that you have researched where you're going to come. And if you need help, you know, you can always email the show and I'll I'll be willing to answer your questions. Just about to say that. We love the bridge at gmail.com. And Jason will give you a couple points. Yes. Make sure just make sure you Google the names of the school first online. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Make sure they're legitimately good schools. And there are a ton of really good opportunities, really great schools where you're going to meet. We've had people who are, you know, who are are experts, who are, you know, leaders in the education business. We've had them on the show. Yeah. 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 What's really great also yeah you can look for our old shows but what's really great is not just meeting chinese folks which is wonderful and eating chinese food which is wonderful but what's a really great opportunity is when you get to that school there'll be people
people from China working there, Australia working there, England working there, America working there. You're going to make global friendships that will last you a lifetime. Yes. I know every single person that I know who's lived in China has become a much more global citizen because of their time Absolutely. spent here. You only get that kind of experience if you go to school in the United States. You have international students, mm-hmm. maybe. But in China, it's really, it's like a tiny United Nations. Yeah. You know, wherever you go, there's always going to be people. Even in an Irish bar here in Beijing, you have people from, <laughs> from all over the world going there as one of their uh, regulars. Plug for Patty O'Shea's. Alex, that is all <laughs> the time that we have today. Talk to you very soon. Thank you for joining the show. Lovely talking to you, Jason. See you very soon. Mm-hmm.